Scripture reading is 1 Kings chapter 14. I'll be reading verses 1 through 6. At that time, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, became sick. And Jeroboam said to his wife, Please arise and disguise yourself, that they may not recognize you as the wife of Jeroboam, and go to Shiloh. Indeed, Ahijah, the prophet, is there, who told me that I will be king over this people. Also, take with you ten loaves, some cakes, and a jar of honey, and go to him. He will tell you what will become of the child. And Jeroboam's wife did so. She arose and went to Shiloh and came to the house of Ahijah. But Ahijah could not see, for his eyes were glazed by reason of his age. Now the Lord had said to Ahijah, Here is the wife of Jeroboam coming to ask you something about her son, for he is sick. Thus and thus you shall say to her, For it will be when she comes in that she will pretend to be another woman. And so it was when Ahijah heard the sound of her footsteps as she came through the door, he said, Come in, wife of Jeroboam. Why do you pretend to be another person? For I have been sent to you with bad news. You will notice that if you're following along with your sermon outline sheet, that it was not from 1 Kings chapter 14, but rather it was Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. I think sometimes technology wakes up kind of hazy as well, and I couldn't get the PowerPoint going for this particular lesson, and so it is that... Uh, I had, uh, I just wonder why, what that was, it was hitting my leg down here, it was my keys. Um, I was wondering, <laughs> refocus, all right, we're good. So it is, I couldn't get the technology going, and I had intended on bringing the, uh, the first of our, not just children's stories lessons tonight, but we will save that one for next week. And this evening, if you want to, uh, as I'm calling an audible, if you want to entitle First Kings chapter 14, we can call it, When Trick or Treat Goes Really Wrong. When trick-or-treat goes really wrong. You see, Jeroboam was the first king of northern Israel. And Jeroboam was a bad king. In fact, he was so bad that he didn't want Israel to worship God the way that God wanted uh, them to worship anymore. And so what Jeroboam did was say, listen, it's too much for you to go down to Jerusalem. And so he set up false gods, one down in the south uh, town of Bethel and the other one up at the northern town of Dan. And he said, here's your gods that brought you out of the land of Egypt. And so it is that uh, as Jeroboam set up all these false idols and he began to institute idolatry, he got worse and worse and he caused the nation to do worse and worse. Problem was, is that Jeroboam had a son by the name of Ahijah, Ahijah. And during the time of the course of his reign, this young man, Ahijah, got very, very sick. And they, they could see that there was going to be bad news on the horizon. So what Jeroboam says is to Mrs. Jeroboam, what I want you to do is I want you to disguise yourself. I want you to put on a costume. And I want you to go down to Abijah. That's the name of the prophet. Don't get Ahijah the son and Abijah the prophet mixed up. I want you to go down to Abijah, and I want you as a disguised person here, you take this gift with you, and we're going to see if we can maybe cheat a blessing out of the man of God, Abijah. Here's the thing. Abijah can't see very well. Abijah is almost blind. 
And so Abijah doesn't know who necessarily is talking to him, except for the fact that as Mrs. Jeroboam is heading down the way, heading to Abijah, God tips off uh, Abijah and he says, you know who's coming to see you is Mrs. Jeroboam. I want you to let her know that her son is going to die. She's got bad news coming. And so as she comes in, there's this exchange and Abijah gives Mrs. Jeroboam the bad news. Your son Ahijah is going to die. Brothers and sisters, when we look at this brief account of what happened with Jeroboam, I want you to understand that there are a couple of principles that we need to understand and a couple of truths that we can see even in our own world today. The first of which is that people are content to do evil even when it is that evil affects them. You're going to find people that have their hearts so set on doing evil that even when some of that evil affects them personally, they're still going to try and do what's wrong. And it's how it is that whenever we encounter hard times and difficulty in our lives, and when we encounter bad things that happen to us, those things ought to be the very things that drive us to our knees before the Heavenly Father. But there are some people that are just content and they're going to continue doing evil even when it is that that evil affects them. Which understand number two, it is that there are some people that are more interested in just receiving a blessing than in making their lives right. There are people that would love to be Christians for all the blessings that Christian comes with Christianity, but with none of the responsibility. And so they want that peace that passes all understanding, which guards our minds, the hearts and minds in Christ Jesus in Philippians chapter four. They want the forgiveness of sins. They want all of the blessings, all of the positives with none of the responsibility. And so what they'll try and fool themselves into doing is, is cheating God out of those blessings and playing trick or treat with God. Okay, God, if you do this, then I'm going to do this. But I don't want any added responsibility. I don't want anything extra with my life. There are some people that are more interested in receiving a blessing than they are in making their lives right. <laughs> There are some people that are trying to play trick-or-treat with God. There are some people that are trying to mask who they truly are and how it is that they're trying to put up this front that I've got everything put together and, and how it is that, that uh, um, maybe it is that if I approach God in this manner, even though it is I have no desire to make our lives right, my life right, I'm going to try and go and cheat a blessing out of God. What we've got to understand is, fourthly, God is not fooled. God is not fooled. Let's see, Jeroboam thought that he could cheat this blessing out of the man of God, that if somehow this man would make a mistake and he would say, yes, uh, whoever you are, your son can live, wasn't the case. There are four words we need to understand from this passage. You can jot them down on the margin of your Bible, or you can just keep them hopefully in your mind and your heart. Number one, what Jeroboam should have known about the God of heaven. Number one, his sovereignty. His sovereignty. The same God who spoke through Ahijah told Jeroboam that he would be king. And the same God was the one that Jeroboam had thumbed his nose at for the entirety of his 22-year reign. At any point, he could have torn down those idols at Dan and Bethel and torn down the idols of northern Israel. At any point, he could have done that and humbled himself before God. But he didn't. Instead, when his son got sick, the only thought that was in his mind was, I'm going to try and trick God's prophet. I'm going to try and trick God's man into giving me what it is that I so desperately want. 
Folks, we need to understand God's sovereignty. There are people that are living today that are trying to fool the sovereign God. And we sometimes try and fool God by saying, God, look what a good person I am. You know, I don't, uh, I don't lie, I don't cheat, I don't steal, I'm faithful to my wife, I'm doing all these things right. And yet, if they're never a Christian, if it is that they're never in Christ, if it is that they're not living their lives with the right motives, those people are playing trick-or-treat with God. They're trying to steal a blessing from Him. And so it is, we need to understand. Folks, we can hide our face from a lot of people. We can't hide from God. God sees our hearts. God sees our soul's deepest needs. God sees who we are on the inside. And we've got to understand that that's the same God that's going to lay out our life naked and open for all to see on the day of judgment. It's the same God that's going. we're going to have to either stand before, uh, recognizing that we're covered by the blood of Christ, or it is that we're going to have to cower before because we never chose to admit his sovereignty. And instead, we've been trying to play trick-or-treat with him. The word sovereignty, word number two, is the word sufficiency. Sufficiency. Jeroboam wanted the word for his relief, not for his rule. Jeroboam wanted the word for his relief and not for his rule. Give me the Bible when my heart is broken, but don't give me the Bible any other time. Give me the Bible when sin and grief have done its worst, but don't give me the Bible any other time. You see, we want the blessing without the responsibility. And as we talk about sufficiency, God would say, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient in good times and in bad times. As Paul was talking about that man who had, or Paul that had that thorn in the flesh, and he felt like it was being pounded again and again and again. This is not a little thorn, but this is like a spike being driven into him again and again and again. And three times he prays, Lord, take this away. The answer that he received was, my grace is sufficient for you. See, people... We need to understand the sufficiency of God. We cannot have the relief if we don't have the rule. We cannot have the relief that Christ promises unless Christ is our Lord. We cannot have the promises that he gives unless we are in him, in his body, in his kingdom, in his church. They're all synonymous. And we've got to understand that His word is sufficient, both in good times and in bad times. Word number three, we need to understand supplication. Supplication. The word is talking about coming to God like a beggar, like an indigent. That God is merciful, and now God is gracious, and how when we humble ourselves before him, God is exceedingly merciful. And you think about Jeroboam and him trying to steal this blessing, trying to get this, this, uh, this, this treat for the trick. And as he's trying to do so, God's not fooled. God's not fooled. And instead, because Jeroboam was so lifted up with pride, he would not receive the blessing. Instead, he received the death of his son. Brothers and sisters, there's a reason why the Beatitudes begin with, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's an understanding of being bereft, being 
having a poverty of spirit, recognizing that in and of myself I'm nothing, recognizing that I need something higher in order to, to fill that void, in order to meet my soul's deepest need, and understanding that there is a mourning that takes place for sin. If Jeroboam had humbled himself and, and come to know and, and, and humbled himself before God and really thought about the God that he was going to stand before, his sovereignty, I wonder if things might have turned out differently than they did in 1 Kings chapter 14. Fourth word is the word salvation. Salvation. If Jeroboam had humbled himself before God, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. It was one thing Jeremiah was unable to do. Folks, our pride, our self-sufficiency, our looking at ourselves as if we can take care of the problem and we can cheat blessings out of God, it's not going to get us anywhere. Instead, looking at ourselves honestly, humbly, that's the attitude that God wants. And turning away from sin and recognizing that we can have all of the blessings that are in Christ. We can be people that please God. We can live our lives to His glory and to salvation. Recognizing that that's ours because of the fact that we have received His grace through faith. That's what God wants. But if we're too busy playing trick-or-treat, hoping that maybe sometimes we can cheat God out of blessings, brothers and sisters, we're not going to come to anything good any more than Jeroboam. God's desire more than anything else is to bless mankind. God desires to bless you and your life. I, it broke God's heart to know that Jeroboam was more interested in trying to make his wife disguised, and try and cheat this blessing out of this man of God who couldn't see well, and the fact that God, Jeroboam would rather play trick-or-treat with him than to come clean. Brother and sister, do you need to come clean tonight? James would say, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning and joy into gloom. What's the purpose? So that we can humble ourselves and we can receive the blessing from God. Do you need the blessing from God this evening? If so, why not now? Let's stand to sing our invitation song.